Game Time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is a three-time Pro Bowler, BCS champion, and first-team All-American from Florida, Joe Hayden. Poet John Don famously wrote, no man is an island. Clearly, he had never met an NFL cornerback before. And our guest today happens to be just one of the best in the business. It's my pleasure to welcome Joe Hayden of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Joe, welcome to Game Time. Great to see you. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. I want to talk to you about your you have a, an interesting perspective on playing cornerback in the NFL and people don't realize how hard it is. You're going up against some of the greatest athletes in the world and wide receivers. A lot of them are taller than you guys are. Guys can jump out of the gym. They have long arms. A lot of quarterbacks back shoulder throw. How difficult is it to defend against a back shoulder throw against, a, say, a wide receiver that's six foot four and can, and can leap like 42 inches up in the air? Yeah, uh, back shoulder throws are one of the most difficult ones to defend because usually you get an outside release. And once that happens, you're going to get on the top shoulder because that's the fade ball. They're throwing it away at the farthest position away from the safeties. So our next step is to get on top, to try to make sure we don't get beat deep. And then the quarterbacks, basically now they're throwing it. You have great quarterbacks with the skill position as the receivers. So they're throwing it to the back of your head. So you're running to the top of the position to throw it. And then they're looking back at the quarterback and can just fall back to the ball. So those that's one of the hardest one is one of the hardest throws to stop, especially when you have a quarterback and a talented receiver that work in cahoots, and they know if they can beat you deep or beat you back back shoulder. It's just it's kind of it's almost unguardable. So when you go out into a field and you're going to play against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and these two are about the best that there is in the NFL, and you played them earlier this season, what what is that like going into the game? What is the mindset? Uh, the mindset, you know, we, the one thing you want to do is you got to make sure you keep the ball in front of you. So you'd rather have back shoulders than just straight go balls. So, you know, that's that's one thing that you got to kind of you kind of live with it. And then at the same time, you're making sure that you want them to kind of go go to other players. We got certain things you're doubling. You're putting eyes on Devontae Adams, doubling the stars, making sure you have your lurkers, uh, your whole player cutting towards Devontae. So making them beat you with the other players. You know what I'm saying? When you have talented guys like them, you got to get beat by the other guys sometimes. Do you feel like the competition committee has it out for you, cornerbacks? Uh, I think they like points. I think that fans, I think everybody likes when you see people score. Uh, even with the receivers, the little quick push-offs, they're like, oh, yeah, he was, they were just hand-fighting. But if it's a corner that touches them, that's a pass interference. <laughs> I get it because when, when I come and I'm watching games, I certainly sometimes turn into a fan. Like, oh, man, like he was grabbing him. I'm like, no, I'm a defensive back. Like, no, that wasn't, that wasn't a pass interference. <laughs> You know, it's amazing. We talk about bad calls here and there and from a fan's perspective. You know, earlier this year, you're playing Green Bay and you actually block a kick. Yes. And it's scooped up and it's going to be a touchdown. And you were called for being offside and you weren't offside. Did anybody call you from the league office to apologize to you? They they told uh, Danny Smith, they obviously let our um... – our special teams coach, you know, they sent in a letter that said he wasn't offsides. But, you know, we can't cry over spoiled milk, but that doesn't get us the, the, the return back, you know. So, I mean, it's just – it's happened a couple of times because, you know, when you get a good jump, sometimes they can't really tell. So, I, I wasn't one – I didn't want to cry about it too much, but I just knew. Uh, the coaches knew. I knew the, the, court, the officials later knew, but it wasn't offsides. You, know, you call him Coach T, Coach Tomlin, of course, your head coach. Um, 
you know, his postgame pressers are unbelievable. I mean, I have a great time just actually laughing at them sometimes because mm. I'm not really sure what he's saying. Mm. Uh, do you do an impersonation of him? <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I literally, I literally look forward to every Wednesday and Thursday because that's the team meetings, you know, or, or if even if we if we lost on Monday, that Monday team meeting or, you know, like anytime we have a team meeting when Coach Tomlin is addressing us, I am just super excited because he he has just so many. He has a lot of different phrases that he gives us. But at the same time, he, he it hits you right in the face because he's not he's not lying. He's not lying. He's just telling you exactly how he feels. And he's able to for me. I, I respect it because I've been in a couple places where you won't I mean you you have to kind of guess around how people are feeling uh you know you it's like you don't you won't really get straight answers that's one thing you won't never have to worry about is getting a straight answer knowing where you stand and knowing what he wants from you so as a player that's all you can ask for all right we're just getting warmed up with Joe Hayden stay with us as game time continues right after this Welcome back to Game Time. Joe Hayden was the oldest of five boys who loved to play sports while growing up in Fort Washington, Maryland, in the shadow of our nation's capital. One of Hayden's brothers, Jacob, who is five years younger, has a cognitive disorder that makes it difficult for him to speak and communicate verbally. And Joe, you know, your parents always stressed that you needed to look out for Jacob. Uh, when you were nine years old, you saved them from drowning. It's, a, it's an unbelievable story. I read about it. Uh, how did that come about? Man, we were actually at my uh, grandparents' house, my mom's mom's crib uh, out in Frederick, out in Frederick, Maryland, and we were out there having just a little great time. Everybody's kicking it, and uh, I went up to we went to go get some lunch um, on the balcony, and then uh, Jacob he ended up just staying down to the pool and uh, jumped in, took off his floats, and for some random reason, I just felt like I needed to go jump in the pool one more time. So I went back down and was walking down to the diving board and I looked in the bottom and I saw a body where I didn't know it was Jake. So I jumped in, pushed him up to the top, swam to the side, uh, screaming for help. My aunt came down and uh, we had a 911 come and they were, he was airlifted from there and uh, ended up saving his life. Uh, it's amazing. What does it mean to you to see Jacob wearing your jersey at Heinz Field? Oh, it's, it means everything. You know, if Jacob always puts life in perspective from when we did the pool to him not being able to speak and still being so happy and so friendly and so just having a caring spirit at all times. I mean, if I couldn't imagine if I just not being able to communicate with somebody or them not knowing what I was trying to tell them, I would get frustrated. And Jacob doing such a good job if he never gets frustrated. He's always happy. He's always just like taking his time and trying to like explain himself, you know? So he just, you know, he, he warms my heart and he just makes me um, just, understand what life is all about you know you're a superstar yourself but so is he he's in the special olympics in track and bocce and then you become the first nfl player to be appointed to the special olympics global ambassador so what does that mean and what does that entail uh for me i mean just pushing uh, special olympics uh everywhere i go you know just being a, a walking talking a uh, billboard form and then anytime i can uh, be there and uh, support i went to abu dhabi with jacob two years ago and they had the uh, world games out there 
and it was just so, so much fun. I've never been out there before. And then uh, just having my brother out there and meeting all of the kids, uh, introducing them to flag football when we were out there. So just experiences like that, man, were just amazing. And I know that you're very sensitive about people and including your friend LeBron, you know, who used the R word to describe individuals with special needs, you know. So what's your message to those folks out there about people like Jacob? Uh, it's that they have they have really, really good feelings, too. Um, and you never really know what people are going through. And at the same time, that words can really be harmful. They can hurt people's feelings. And uh, and sometimes you won't even know that you wouldn't even mean it. So just I like to just give people the knowledge that that word is really harmful and it hurts people's feelings a lot more than you would expect. You know, I do have a bone to pick with you, though. I mean, you went to Friendly High School. You, you grew up in Maryland, for God's sake. Uh, you were a really good quarterback in high school. Uh, you decided to go to Florida instead of the University of Maryland where I went to school. Yes. I mean, what was that all about, and how did you end up in Florida? Only thing, I mean, I was a big fan of Florida. Um, I love Maryland from being from the crib, but they didn't offer me fast enough. Like, I got offered my sophomore year by Florida, and I got offered my sophomore year by Ohio State, and I got offered by Maryland my junior year. So I was just I, I kind of lost interest. I'm like, I think Florida wants me more than Maryland. It's kind of crazy. Did they want you as a quarterback? They wanted me as a quarterback, but I think it was a trick because I went there behind Tim Tebow and Cam Newton. So I instantly got switched over to, <laughs> to defense, but they all worked out. It did work out, and your head coach was Urban Meyer at that time. So he yeah. saw something in you that said, hey, this kid can play defensive back, which turned out to be pretty good for you. He told me, um, he told me, he was like, look, Joe, if I'll switch you over, this is my freshman year at Florida. He's like, I'll switch you over to cornerback. And if you don't like it, your freshman year, I'll train you back over to uh, your offense, your sophomore year. After my freshman year, I was freshman All-American. I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you're good. You're good. That's a great story. All right. We'll return with Joe Hayden after these messages. Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport. Built Ford Tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe. On January 17, 2021, Joe Hayden tweeted, Chiefs versus Browns. This is wild. I'm honestly happy for the Browns fans as they treated me like gold in Cleveland. Can't say the same about management. I totally get where you're coming from, Joe. You had six head coaches in six years, six different position coaches. I always preach stability. How could a, how could a franchise have any success with that type of instability? Yeah, I don't. I don't really think. I don't really think you can, uh, because each year, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, start over. The new, you know, the thing is about GMs and coaches that I learned. If it's not their staff, they want to feel like if you're going to put us in charge, we want to bring it with my people. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what y'all were doing back then, but it's always a new thing. What y'all were doing last year was not working. We're going to switch this stuff up and and change it up. So it's just was each year of you know, and not saying that those coaches or whoever was was a bad ideas or anything, but it's just a a new thing every single year, and you can't really build anything uh, consistent with without with changing every year. 
This is one of the weirdest things that I think I've ever seen a team do. They were going to pay Brock Osweiler $16 million in Cleveland, yet they were going to ask you to take a pay cut as one of the best cornerbacks in one of the most important positions in Cleveland. What was that like? That one was a smack in the face. You know, the thing was, I mean, I kind of, you, you get it. A bit, it's, it's a business, but at the same time, when I felt like I was playing my heart out for Cleveland, I loved the city. I didn't think I was ever going to play for another team, honestly, and I didn't want to. Um, but once it came to the point where they were telling me to go from $11 million to $7 million a year, uh, cut $4 million in my contract when you were going to pay Brock Osweiler $16 million for literally nothing, I just it just didn't it just didn't sit right with me and I, for me being a football player I'm like if y'all want to do that y'all made your business decision I'm gonna make mine and uh, just let me be a free agent. Yeah, good for you. You know, and, and you and you went from one team that really had no culture whatsoever to Pittsburgh, who I've always admired. How different a place was it when you first got there? Um, you know, it it was definitely a different place. They just always seemed like they were having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like with their organization, just out there, just trying to come in each week, win a football game, get out of there, and then the next week do it again. And uh, I just wanted to be in a spot where I felt like they just wanted pros, pros. They 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 looked like they treated their guys like professionals. Um, they didn't want none of the outside noises. Come in here, handle your business, and then go home. So. I just wanted somewhere where I could be stable. I know if I come in there and I be a professional and I handle my position as a cornerback, then everything else will take care of itself. You know, you're very fond of a saying, humble in victory, humble in defeat. And I can tell that by talking to you. And now all of a sudden comes this emphasizing on taunting in the NFL. Is that a good thing for the NFL or a bad thing in your eyes? I think that the way that I look at it is the taunting thing. You can get as hype as you want. Just don't do it right at the other people. So like I could see what they're saying about just taunting and trying to diminish your other players. But I feel like when you get hype, you can get as hype as you want with your teammates. So I think the it's, it is a little petty, but at the same time, they've made, they, we, you know, the rule. So when we know what we're doing, when they still get the little, the penalties, I'm saying that it's from, you looking at the other team and you looking at other players. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with it that sometimes they're, it's, they're being a little petty, but when I see the dudes doing the celebrations of the taunting, I'm like, dude, why are you flexing <laughs> over the dudes? Like, obviously you're going to get flagged for that. All right, we're going to be back in a moment for more with Joe Hayden after this. All right, welcome back, everyone, as we continue with Joe Hayden. Now, the Steelers' ace cornerback has an unusual hobby. He collects sneakers, as you can see from behind him. He started this obsession at age seven, and later he and his best friend would camp out in front of a footlocker at four in the morning just to get the latest Jordans. Now, let me tell you how old I am, Joe. I love the, the, the Puma Clydes. The suede, okay. and I had to have a red and white suede for Clyde Frazier, who used to play for the Knicks when I was a kid. So I understand the obsession. But, I mean, how many pair of sneakers do you have? I'm sitting on around 1,500 pair of shoes. Now, do you, do you, do you wear them or do you just display them? What, what goes on? Uh, no, no, I, I wear them. I probably wear 50, 60% of them. Um, but I keep, I keep a lot of them stocked up. Uh, I don't know, just, to, just and now since I got sponsored by Jordan about six years ago, that's when it just got crazy. 
So you mentioned that you became a member of Jordan Brand, and you know Michael has to make that decision. He's got to be the one that selects you to be a part of his brand. How did that happen? Man, it was it was a blessing. I got in touch with uh, my uh, PR people and was like, "Look, I need to get please anything, any no sponsorship. I don't want anything else. I just want to get sponsored by Michael Jordan. Can we please get that done?" So long story short, it took a while, but uh, one off season, uh, probably six years ago, uh, we got the call and uh, they told us that we had to fly out to Mexico, me and my wife, and they were doing like their Jordan Jordan trip. They do it every once once every off season. They do a Jordan trip with all the athletes, and Jordan will fly you out to some place. So you go like the Cabo, and that's where we went when I went to go meet Jordan with the Cabo. Had all the other athletes out there. Blake Griffin. Uh, this was when. Uh, my man, Kawhi Leonard was with them. Um, so uh, Earl Thomas was with them. So I went out there, got to meet with Michael, and then uh, he accepted me into he accepted me into the brand. Did you tell him that you won two state titles as a point guard in high school? No, no, I was I didn't I didn't tell him any of that. When I first saw him, I was I'm not going to lie to you, I was I was shook. I was a little shook. By the way, do your teammates try to hit you up for swag all the time now? Oh, for sure. I just got my teammates all Jordans for Christmas. I'd love to have you as a teammate. All right, we're going to be back for a two-minute drill with the great Joe Hayden right after this final timeout. Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe. We're back with Joe Hayden, who has been described by Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin as just a quality, low-maintenance, high-production veteran player, and I can see that right here. Uh, who's the hardest wide receiver to cover in today's game? In today's game, Devontae Adams. What makes him so tough? Uh, his speed, um, his releases, um, his hands, um, and then at the same time, you gotta have somebody throwing it to you that's that great for for me to be like to make it even more difficult. So I think Devonte Adams partnered up with A Rod. That's what makes him even more special. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. All right, tell me about your Aunt Berta Love One Education Foundation and why it's so important. Uh, man, it was really big because that's something my grandfather had had started a long time ago, and it's just basically getting the kids that can't kids that don't have access to books all of the books that they need, all of the resources that they need uh, just to make them, you know, smarter and more uh, able to uh, have successful lives. You know, Joe, um, I love players that get involved, not only uh, personally, but also financially. And I know you're a donor and advocate for Action Housing as well. And it's all about affordable housing. And why is that so important? Uh, that's so important because, you know, like we said, the homeless rate is unbelievable. And uh, I think just being able for people to be inside and be able to be warm and be able to have shelter is something that's so big. And uh, being able to be so blessed and be able to be fortunate enough to have, you know what I'm saying, homes and be able to protect and have make sure my family's nice and warm, uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that I could uh, ever reach back and, and help people. You know, you talked about Aaron Rodgers, and I know you have respect for him. How about your own quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger? Many are thinking that this may be his final year. I don't know necessarily that he's come out and said anything to anybody. There have been certain reports, but what's it been like playing with him? 
it's been amazing playing with Ben. You know, like, like I said, I was in Cleveland playing against him for seven years. And besides Coach Tomlin, it was Ben that was my, my main reason to want to come to Pittsburgh. Uh, just because of the way that he, you know, just having a great quarterback, um, having a great coach, and those dudes have just been great, you know, just to try to come in and just the professionalism. Like I said, they, they've been doing it for a very, very long time, and it's a business. And at the same time, they, they, they do it, they treat it that way, but in the right in the right way. You know, final question for me would be your teammate T.J. Watts probably going to be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, if not MVP. Could you make an argument that he could actually win an MVP award over one of these top-end quarterbacks? I mean, if you, T.J. Watts, he's one of the, he's, well, he is the most effective defensive player I've ever played with. Um, having somebody that can come into the game and you know each game, as long as he has his helmet on, he's going to make a play. You know, it's like not not if, but when. So the dude, he just, he's unbelievable. He keeps the team's mojo up. He's high motor, um, low maintenance. And he just loves ball. You know, he loves football so much. And I, I think that's the, the biggest thing I love about T is he he expects himself to be great. And you won't hear a lot from him until we get to the game. And then he goes crazy. Well, Joe, it's been great talking to you today. Our thanks to Joe Hayden for joining us today and to all of you for watching. I'm Boomer Esiason, and I'll see you again soon right here on Game Time. One of my partners spent three years in Pittsburgh. Okay. And he does an unbelievable imitation of Coach Tomlin. When he addresses the media, I'm like, that's what he's saying it to us in the team. He'll phrase the words a little different, maybe give it to us a little harder, but it's the, it's it's basically the same message. We don't want hostages. <laughs> we, we oh, God. Volunteers, not hostages. Yeah, yeah, volunteers, not hostages. Yeah, come yes. on. <laughs> Wait, you give me some, I, I know him. I know him. <laughs>